What's up? What's up, YouTubers? Uh, <laughs> only YouTubers to listen to this episode. Uh, yeah, only YouTubers. Only uh, if you're a content creator like us. Can yeah, you have to subscribe to our YouTube to get this episode. What would so y'all's um, What would y'all's uh, platform be? Would you guys want to do YouTube or Twitch or Facebook gaming? For oh, if we were gonna stream some gaming, streamers, if yeah. we were streaming, I was streaming yeah. Pokemon. Uh, on the I know reg. that your answer, Matthew, is just whatever gives the most money in a contract. But uh, we'd be going right to Mixer <laughs> yeah. if it was still alive. Man. Oh shit! You're gonna do the Ninja Mixer? That's a hey. hell yeah. Yeah, that flopped after what? That had Quibi numbers. Anyway, great attempt at getting some good content out of us, Jake. Um, yeah. But we're sailing yeah. straight into it. Um, <laughs> hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Death Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. I'm Jake. And we all sound like we've been smoking for 30 years, and I love it. <laughs> hey, I was in the sun a whole lot this weekend. It's almost like Look, the three of us were together and we consumed a lot of uh, liquid substances and did mm-hmm. a lot of shouting. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you're looking at some boys who have freshly seen each other's faces in real life. Which so means we are super For charged. you listeners, <laughs> go go touch your friend's face if you haven't in a long time. Do it for us. Do it remotely. Yeah. Um, Do it remotely. <laughs> um, this is episode 60, part three of our Oscar bracket. Coming at you in today's episode, we've got Malignant versus Mitchells versus the Machines. And heart. nine days versus worst <laughs> person in the world. So I think two really good matchups. I I genuinely really love all these movies. And with that being said, spoiler warning: we're going to be spoiling uh, these movies, and they are really great movies. I really think uh, y'all should watch them. Uh, we're probably going to be spoiling them. If we don't, then yay, kudos to us. But like, we got to start spoiling things more because we got to be a riskier podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, we. I think we really need to take some risks. I think this this yeah. is going to be really good, and I think it'll be re- really interesting to see these movies go up against each other because we've watched all the movies, and that makes it easier to talk about them. Yeah, that is the goal. Have you not watched all the other movies in our podcast? Have you just like not watched them? No, no. Skipping I, movies. I definitely watch all the movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And never mm-hmm. do them really well, out okay. of order. No, so I do actually usually watch all the movies. This uh, bracket we changed the order of the bracket uh right and not right before the movies that were in it yeah we we switched around mm-hmm. what movies were in the bracket and then that forced us to change the order of the bracket and so i watched spider-man uh in preparation for the first episode when i should have watched missiles versus the machines uh and didn't realize the mistake i'd made until we were recording the episode <laughs> <laughs> um why are they talking about all these <laughs> Mitchells, what are these robots, robots doing in here? I thought we were talking about sabbatical. Um, Almonds on sabbatical. sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, you know what I just realized, fellas? What? Uh, I'm not saying I am Kino or I'm a cinema god, but uh, for the Oscars bracket, all my movies moved on. So I just want to brag real quick about that. It's almost like none of my movies moved on because one of them was Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Honestly, justice for Jungle Cruise, you know, it had its time in the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And okay, Jake's a big fucking cool movie guy. It just goes to show you he's the representation of the Academy in this podcast. It's trample over everyone else's opinions. Big Academy boy Jake over here. (laughs) Even though we democratically vote, which should move on. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we democratically vote and I pitched malignant. Uh, Big, big Academy boy. I'm fine. Uh, Anyway, with that, do you want to introduce malignant Jake? Oh, God, I do. Malignant. By James Wan. There's James this, Wan? Yeah. James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Look, Malignant is about this person who's, uh, she's seeing some shit. She thinks she's, she's seeing, she's looking in the eyes of a killer. And there's a twist, and it's spooky. And, uh. That was, like, the worst fucking <laughs> summary we've had on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you summarize Malignant. Go for it. Yeah, so there's Madison, who it turns out in the giant twist has a secret spooky boy attached to the back of her head that, um, pretty yikes, dude. And Gabriel <laughs> goes around Gabriel. doing some slaughtering. Um, and Madison is an unwitting participant in the process um, until she locks Gabriel in a mine jail. She also walks like backwards for like a lot yeah. of the movies. And, and that's like, pretty cool. Good choreo. And it's pretty, it's pretty fucking cool. Dope. Also, it says, as we talked about last time, a cab, they throw a chair at some cops. And yeah, no, they pretty fuck cool. up some cops. They just have a whole whole sequence. If you're a cab, watch Malignant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's my yeah that's uh for likers of you might enjoy do you want to also introduce mitchell's versus the machines yeah so mitchell's versus the machines is about this uh woman who uh has some visions and uh it's real spooky and there's a twist That was like the worst summary we've ever had on this podcast. Okay, Matt. Okay, Matt. You, you summarize summarized Mitchell vs. the Machines. Yeah, so Mitchell's vs. the Machines, released in 2021, um, directed by Michael Rianata. Michael Rianata. Um, you've got this crazy old family that aren't so good at working together, but it turns out that they really love each other deep down and the robot apocalypse happens and they've got to stop it. Um, and it's a beautiful, you know, family coming together sort of movie feel good times with, you know, I think some, some nice deeper themes. That was beautiful. Nice. That was really good. So Malignant versus Mitchell's versus the machines. (laughs) Malignant versus Mitchell's for, you know, the ease of referring to it. Yeah. Um, where do we where do we stand? Where we, how are we feeling? What do we want to talk about? So I mean, <laughs> I legitimately just thought you were going to ask us if we were ready to vote. <laughs> so uh, are we? Uh, are we Alex, based on my amazing summaries, what Look, are we voting well, for? So I I am ready to talk about Mitch's versus the machines now that I've actually watched it again. It's such a good movie, guys. I yeah. literally cried in the first five minutes of watching it, and then cried <laughs> several more times watching it. Uh, I watched it in the middle of the day. I was home alone cooking lunch uh and during that like first sequence when the dad picks the moose up out of the like box of giveaway stuff oh man it just wrecks my eyeballs every time you know what they like stole that from they didn't steal it from this but like you know what it reminds me of y'all remember those extra gum commercials the the, like the really intense ones where they're like beautiful and like there's a guy who like doodles like one of them on every single gum wrapper with this girl and then he goes to an art gallery and then like he shows them all and it's like playing like you know wise men say there's another one where it's a father and daughter and like they go through childhood and he makes her little paper cranes and like that's what cheers her up like she just broke up with her boyfriend here's a paper crane 
she just committed like tax fraud. Here's a paper crane. Like you're fine, you know, like, stuff like that. And then she's moving away to college, and he knocks down a, a a case like in her place, and there's like drama because like she's fighting with him or whatever. And she kept all the paper cranes throughout her whole life. It was really mm. sad, but like mm. beautiful. And that's the mm-hmm. moose. Oh, the moose is a paper crane. Yeah, right? Wow. How do you guys not know the extra gum commercials? <laughs> Dude, well, well, when you said gum commercial, I thought you were going to talk about the five gum commercials. No, and I was like, yeah. those, don't, those don't seem relevant to this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, neither. Mine was also kind of vaguely read. No, it had a father in it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I think. Mal- they, okay. Yeah. Malignant didn't talk about uh, their dad at all. Remember, we love that. good dads on the tough cut. We, we love good dads on the tough cuts. Do you think Gabriel would be a good father? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Oh, okay. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Do you think if she, if Madison had had her baby, mm. that... is Gabriel technically a baby daddy? You. Mm. Yeah, I think some Gabriel juice got in that baby. I think that, that baby had like a super malignant. Well, they did say that the <laughs> Just reason keeps on like Russian nesting doll, like malignant. <laughs> <laughs> they did say the reason she couldn't have a baby was because Gabriel was hungry. Yeah, yeah Gabriel kept he was munching. He was he had the munchies. <laughs> Real fucked up, guys. Also, do you, like it's because she just to, just in case I'm remembering the movie wrong, it was only released because she cracked her head because her stupid boyfriend pushed yeah. her against the wall. Right? He wasn't just yeah. chilling back there, and she just never washed her hair or something, and never <laughs> felt like a little head going. Yeah, yeah, no, because they in the surgery scene they'd like perfectly oh, right, right. pushed right. him and back, they in, pushed him which, back in there. I feel like can't be good for her brain, you know? <laughs> well, I, yeah, like, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I feel like they don't dive into why Madison doesn't have, like, additional horrific issues. She should have a weird head. She should have well, the weirdest head ever. I wish she does, but, like... Well, she just always has long hair. Yeah, but it sh- she should look like the peanut people from uh, the Proud family. Oh, I thought you were going to say Mr. Peanut. Yeah, she should also look like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Oh, guys, could you imagine if Mr. Peanut, the peanut inside Mr. Peanut's head, is Gabriel? That's so, my headcanon for Baby Nut. Anyway, um, <laughs> to take us to an actual conversation, mm-hmm, both mm-hmm. of these movies have... What do, you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? <laughs> both of these movies <laughs> have um, fairly like over-the-top concluding action scenes. Yeah. How do we feel about them? Obviously, we've talked a little bit about malignance, but we didn't touch on the Mitchells end- ending action sequence at all last time. And I feel like it's a really, really great sequence. Um, I think we get to see everyone from the family kind of gets a, a chance in the sun, a time in the sun. Um, to do cool stuff. Yeah, so I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts. I was going to say, like, almost the exact same thing. Like, why I love Mitchell so much is because, yeah, it it reads as a, you know, final act. Like, oh, we're doing the action thing we built up to this moment. But everyone does get to do stuff. And that feels, like, awesome and emblematic as the film's, like, message and them as a family. Uh, Even, like, the little robot dudes, they're... Give it up for the little robot dudes. What are their names again? The robot sons. But they're like, I love them. Because in every scene, they're animated to be doing something. Like, even if they're not the focus, like, even in the little corner, or they'll be, like, holding hands randomly in a seat, or, like, stuff like, Mm -hmm. like, it's so good. It's so good. And, like, everyone just gets to do something, and it just feels like such a big payoff. And (laughs) while malignant, while there's a lot of fun that goes on, 
the ending, uh, you know, is so dramatic. And she's like, Gabriel, no. And it's just like, what's happening? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and we talked about how we wish that like maybe they would have uh, left it a little bit more open. Like mm. it would have been a spookier version of that ending. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But but I, I just I, Mitchell's nails that shit because it's just so fun. And it continues having its same spirit. We're like, I love Malignant. That's my shit. But I do feel like, you know, it it cares more about looking cool and doing cool things as it does care about like really nailing its tone like i think it commits sometimes of like okay camp or whatever and then it goes away from it to look just kind of cool and then it goes back to it and like it just wavers with its tone a little bit more where mitchell's knows what it is like a hundred percent yeah i think that that's a really big piece of my not criticism but my perspective on malignant really as a whole Mm. um is like it's it's like a a just vibes kind of movie. Um, we, <laughs> Which is you know, a great we talked, movie. Talked about it a little bit before that it's like it, it if you start to think a little bit about a lot of the stuff, it's like you're not supposed what? to think while watching the liquid, <laughs> and that's um, why I enjoy it. <laughs> that's why I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, <laughs> like, I super super agree that like there is like very consistent tone and identity for the entirety of Mitchell's, um, which I think is like really cool to see. But it's also I do think that Malignant uses its discordant nature in a really good way at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, where it, it has no business being able to achieve just vibe status as a movie with a backwards walking <laughs> trench coat wearing <laughs> murder head like, but it does. It gets there. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, I think what what to me Mitchell's does so well is that not only tonally does it feel very consistent, but the characters all feel very consistent and like they each have very specific purposes that like grow in the final act versus mm-hmm. I feel like in Malignant, the characters very much are just there to either be springboards for Madison or for Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, makes sense because that's what the movie is, I guess, trying to do. But yeah, I I actually haven't thought so much about that. But like nobody has any real characterization in Malignant. Uh-uh. No, <laughs> but they do have trench coats and vibes. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Which is I normally that's something I'm like really critical of in movies. Um, <laughs> but well, like, that's it why literally didn't occur to me till this yeah. moment that straight up everybody is like a one note character. So that's why it blows my mind because when we think about this movie, it's bad, but like I enjoy it. And like, I have to give credit to a movie that is bad on face value. And then no matter what you look at is like, Oh no, that was good. Like I had a good time. Like there's a, there's an art to that. And I really think there is purpose. Like there's purposeful intent in the filmmaking of how they did that. Not on the same degree or level of Mitchell's versus the machines like that feels like there's they still like campaign they still like everyone feels like they're like writing their notes they're connecting and doing there's like really consistent voice in Mitchell's yeah so I I think like what you're getting at is both of these have a consistent voice even if it is like malignance is a weird discordant voice but like James Wan clearly had a vision for the movie. Yeah. And I think <laughs> you he cannot say he does not have like what he wanted to show off. Yeah. Um, it just so happens that it's a less coherent <laughs> voice 
but it's still a consistent one, I think is the... Right. The, I really the, hope we like, get a Malignant difference. 2 or just a Malignant series. <laughs> like I would love that. Okay, well, but, so uh, <laughs> in, the, in the vein of a Malignant series, we ended episode one with a question mm-hmm. that I posed to you guys, and I want to mm-hmm. know if you thought more about it because we knew it was coming. Who, what, what would happen if the Mitchells fought Evan, Fabio, and Brian are Malignant inventions? Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that the Mitchells would turn them good and that we would just have little malignants like doing work and taxes and like walking around fully taking over their host bodies, by the way, like, but Whoa. just taking over. Well, so taking over our bodies, Us. just being yeah, chill. we would not, we would no longer be in control, but we'd how be would, doing good things. How would the tough cut be different if it was hosted by Evan, Fabio <laughs> and Brian? <laughs> Honestly, they're more diverse voices than we are. You know, we we all did comedy together. Like we're all sort of like mm-hmm. one note, same vibes. Mm-hmm. Evan Fabio Brian, like one I have no idea. child back. Yeah. One can dance really good. Like yeah. they just you they don't just remember what things you don't remember what Evan could do, did you? Water. It was water malignant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was water malignant. <laughs> it was malignant. <laughs> yeah i i why i really think either that or just they would become friends like i think they would just be homies i think they'd get along with the two little baby robot boys and you know what controversial they would put us in the little robo bodies malignants take our bodies over and then we get our (laughs) brains put in robots that's Whoa. awesome. That's great. Cool. I'll take that. So we get to vibe. I get to vibe. I'd love to be a robot who can fly and has a little blaster arm. Would it yeah. be weird though, like us seeing our bodies be malignant as robots? Like, would that would that fuck us up? I think that fucked me up. Well, but it's not our face because they come out the back of our heads. <laughs> it's the backside. I yeah. guess that's true, and I don't see the back of my head like ever. So well, I'm sure you, I'm sure your hair would grow out too, and they would have the hair just mm. over your actual face, so it would just be a mm. body. Oh, that so you don't think you don't think malignants like care about their like ha- like keeping up hair? Well, no, but I think they would want to look like normal people. Whoa. I don't think. I mean, we saw is what that, Gabriel looked. Is like that insensitive? They, is that big of me insane. to say that malignants should look like normal people? <laughs> They may try, but I don't think they ever will. No, like, but we I don't saw think what Gabriel looked Gabriel, like before they yeah. razored his face off. You know, like and maybe yeah, that's he normal. had like creepy little arms. And did he have a second rib cage? Yeah, but don't worry <laughs> that about they, that like, part. Snapped <laughs> off. Yeah, but how did that go? Uh, you know, <laughs> again, we don't think about malignant. We don't. Think I, about- I also. I did a quick search and there are several articles that are like, we don't know what Malignant 2 story will be. It also hasn't been greenlit. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it might stay that way. Well, it depends. It honestly, unfortunately, like it's a one for one for you guys, one for me thing where like he did Aquaman, made a bunch of money. They let him do Malignant. But Aquaman 2 is going to come out. And unfortunately, with all that shit going on, like Aquaman's probably not going to do well. Or will. I mean, maybe bad press is, or is good press. Or do we we'll think the, that whole controversy is going to really affect Aquaman that much? I personally don't. Mm, that's um, fair. I, I mean, like, I feel like people who are going to see a DC movie are going to see a DC movie, you know? Yeah, I think that, mm. that I agree with that. I think I like, think I think those it, butts will still get in the seats. But I don't because the first one yeah. was like broad strokes, like quite successful, right? It no, it's pretty, their it most successful movie, too. Uh, movie. It's the I liked it. most successful DC movie. Yeah, oh, my God. A billion dollars. Yeah. It joined the billion dollar club. Uh, I think 
I think that it, it's it's a thing where like obviously it's gonna make like a lot of money and more money than I'll fucking probably ever see in my lifetime, but it's still probably is not going to make as much as it could have made. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's Aquaman just, you know, 2 will be a billion dollar movie. And if that's where they've set their expectations, right. it means Malignant 2, maybe not Greenlight. You know, I don't know. And that's sad. Maybe um, James Wan will just stick a Malignant into Aquaman. <laughs> That'd be sick. That would Annabelle be so... I mean, he put one. Annabelle, yeah. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> I am literally only going to watch Aquaman 2 to see if Malignant is... I bet there's going to be some fish monster that got, like, a guy coming out of his head. It'd be awesome. Dude, and he, so, even in Malignant, he had, like, the, you know, some scenes that are very reminiscent of, like... Jason Momoa hanging way, out. Yeah, well, I was going <laughs> to say the way he films his saw traps. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, the... The woman tied up in the attic mm-hmm. um, mm. literally looks like a saw apparatus for a hot sec. And then it's like, psych, it's not. But it'd be kind of fun if it had been. Yeah. No, he loves giving little, little cues to his Yeah, he loves stuff. shouting out his other movies. Which is badass of him. He's like, go on my um, other movies. I hey, go, yeah. ahead. Oh, go ahead, Jake. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Go for it. Okay. Well, I was going to say, um, part of the reason I love these two movies and why I, I wanted to pitch them is because for me, I don't know about like for your circles or whatever and the people I talk to, like these are both like word of mouth loves. And I think that's like a very interesting like phenomenon that happens like in film and especially like with cult followings and stuff. I, I think everyone that I tell to watch these movies like either loves them or has a fun, funny time with them or whatever. But it, it is like these are word of mouth. Like I I saw no ads for like Malignant or for Mitchell's vs. the Machines. I just like knew they were coming out because of like whatever things. And like I think that's a very awesome thing to happen. But I also it's so curious to me how like word of mouth movies spread and why these two spread and why we like love them so much and and why why did these two get the cult followings that they have? Because people love them. And but it's, you know, there's something that I want to explore there, but I don't know. Exactly. I, I think I think it's a really interesting point. On one side, for Malignant, I think the movie's basically perfectly primed to be like a cult hit. James yeah. Wan has like a pretty tight following of people that like love his work, um, who've been like following anything he directs for a really long time. So I feel like a lot of the people that were sort of like built in fans of um, some of his other horror series were probably like likely to want to see Malignant and give it a shot mm-hmm. um, on the Mitchell side. I don't know, like a good way to put it, but I also feel like it's like built to be predisposed to a cult audience in a way. I agree. like I, it, I think it it's has... a very like I, I hate using this word as a negative connotation, but like quirky, like, yeah, it's quirky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From like the editing to the the characters they decide to include, especially people that are, you know, like, you know, like the little brothers neurodivergent and mm-hmm. um, Katie. She's, Katie's is, like LGBTQ. Like, yeah. 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 So like a lot of these like groups that tend to be othered by the mainstream um, have representation here. And I generally think it's like fairly strong representation where they're just treated like people like they're any, you know. They're just like members of this family. Yeah. So I, I think interestingly, like, I don't think like I don't want to take the cynical view that these were built to be. Um, right. Cult and that movies. like, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, I totally understand why they both grabbed like a cult audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with with what you're saying, especially about Mitchell's. But I also feel like to me, it really doesn't feel like it was made to be a cult movie. Like 
to me, it yeah, feels like... Yeah, it wasn't like, like their plan, obviously, right. but I, I understand where it comes from. Right. Yeah, it just feels so authentic. Like, it, watching it, it doesn't feel like they just did it to have representation, you know, which is what I think it does so well. Like, it yeah, handles its characters very important well. important distinction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, you know, Malignant does anything in the same way, but I, I don't know Malignant that it takes... represents my little demon brain very well. <laughs> The little ghoul that lives in my nose, I think, really connected to Malignant. I think (laughs) Malignant treats any piece of its potentially, like, tough subject matter with, like, all the grace of a hammer. (laughs) 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 It's like, your mom fucking threw you away and got rid of her, got rid of you? Guess what? You should come back 20 years later and fucking stab her in the stomach, dude. Yeah. I mean, there's an audience for that. You should butcher a police station, my guy. (laughs) There's an audience for that, (laughs) clearly. Look, it's so hard for me because, like, I genuinely, I have so much fun with these. I have so much fun. And that's what it really boils down to. And and I love how um, also original these two movies are. These, like, feel, like, very, like... Their content is original and like original content is very like difficult to get that in the mainstream or whatever. Like it's out there. There's a bunch of original content out there, but it doesn't get showcased a lot. And um, and people are always complaining about like, oh, we always have like two completely fairness. It's always Disney or whatever. We're having these big whatever, blah, 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 Marvel, DC. It's fine. But there are movies like Malignant and Mitchell's vs. the Machines out there. And Jesus, why? Like a couple like these films are crazy to make, really. And and in a great way. Clearly, there's such a big heart and audience and authenticity to them. So it's just wild to me. A crazy fucking red alert. Uh, Madison is Madison Mitchell. (sighs) Oh, shit. Shit. Wait, oh shit. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> a startling revel- revelation in the final quarter. Wait, oh my. Um, what is this? Do you think these are like their PNW cousins? What does it mean? <laughs> Wait. Madison Mitchell. What does it mean? I So are we all I think they just kind of both advance. <laughs> I think this is they're, it. They're a shared universe, right? Well, what so if Mitchell's wait, okay, process. guys, what if we've cracked the yeah. code and Mitchell's versus the machines too that we know is in production is Mitchell's versus the machines versus malignant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it keeps with the M. It like keeps it's with literally the M. like we know that <laughs> malignant two hasn't been greenlit, and maybe this is why. That would be. I'm here for it. Guys, look, be insane. I, I am I am ready to vote and I have a complete thought process that actually like it made me feel better because I was genuinely tormented. I feel so confident in my vote. Yeah, um, I, I could I could vote. I'm There's ready. so much more that I would love to talk about these movies with. Um, yeah, I mean, for example, we barely dug into the startling revelation that no one <laughs> in Malignant has any character. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah. uh, you know. Maybe for uh, next episode, we'll see. We'll see. Well, what would you like to vote for then, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I guess I can. I can go first. I'm going to vote for the Mitchells versus the Machines. I loved mm-hmm. Malignant, but I would have put Mitchells in the bracket if you hadn't picked it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's such a beautiful and passionate movie, and um, right, 
It was just great. How about you, Alex? I am also voting for Mitchell's vs. the Machines. This one was close for me, but I think the revelation that it's going to be Mitchell's vs. the Machines vs. Malignant rather than just Malignant 2, Malignant the versus the Machines. It, it, the story carries on through <laughs> Mitchell's versus the Machines, not through Malignant. So I have to give it to right. Mitchell's versus right. the Machines. The, and the so my thought timeline. process, yeah. My, my, process, my thought process here, because I will also vote for Mitchell's versus the Machines. Whoa. But because I, and I love so much credit to Malignant, so much whatever. But here's the thing. Malignant's Malignant, right? Gabriel's always attaching himself to the head. So no matter what movie wins, we have to say parentheses malignant because it's crawling its head in the back of its wind. You know, it'll just be oh, there. Like we a don't little see parasite. Gabriel attach him to other people's heads. <laughs> nope, too bad. That We would have probably seen that in Malignant 2. I think we can all agree on that. Well, we'll, we'll see it in Mitchell's versus the Machines versus Malignant. Almost <laughs> if certainly. we saw little Gabriel crawling around his little body. And he, he just like, some... yeah, has to use like his little mouth to pull himself <laughs> because he had oh, no they limbs. cut his arms off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, watch Malignant, man. It's a, it's a right. Honestly, hey. Tough Cut listeners, you know that Alex doesn't really care for horror, and he liked this one. So that speaks some volumes. It was pretty funny. And I speak to all the James Wan fans out there. This movie fucking rocks, if you've already seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Congrats to Mitchells. Yeah, Mitchells moves on. We'll jump to the other side of this. Um, And I will introduce Worst Person in the World. Um, So Worst Person in the World, released in 2021, directed by Joachim Trier, follows Julie, the worst person in the world, uh, air quotes, because it wasn't, I didn't emphasize that last time, Um, a young woman who navigates the troubled waters of work, love life, aspirations, and so, so much more. Um, in an attempt to understand how she fits into things in this, like, turning 30, coming-of-age story. Yeah, Alex, if you'd like to – or not Alex, Jake, if you'd like to take nine days. I can I, I can take it. I'll take it. I'll do it. Take it. Take it. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it first, and we'll see if you can do a better job. <laughs> okay. Uh, so nine days, directed by Ed Sonoda. Um, Ed Sonoda? It's about this woman. Yeah. It's about this. Uh, it's about this woman who uh, starts seeing visions, and uh, there's a twist, and it gets real spooky. Uh, that was perfect. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> have said it better. Let's move on. Let's. I couldn't let's have move said on it better. Let's. What's a nine days about, Alex? Um, they are uh, people, but they're not people yet, and they're trying to become people. And Winston Duke got to make a big decision. True, but he be going through it. Also true. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's. Okay, I have, a question. I have a question. Nine days. Very clearly the name. It's called nine days because they got nine days. That's how long the decision process makes. That's how long mm-hmm. it takes. Worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Why called that? Because so I don't I don't really get it. I so here's the thing. I actually was wanted to ask you because you've introduced this movie, Matthew, as like she's the worst person in the world. I didn't get that as like the reading of it, especially because there's a line where the guy, I forget his name. He feels like, I feel like I'm the worst person in the world because, like, I can't, like, you know, whatever. He says he is, and he's the one who gets dropped as that. She never gets called that. She never, whatever. Maybe, like, because it's the title. I, I uh, That's crazy that neither of you got that. Like, that blows my mind. Like, it's literally meant to be, like, a tongue-in-cheek. Like, Julie clearly does things that are bad through the Yeah, like, the she's movie. not supposed like, to be likable, but and, I, th- I thought they were turning it on the head of, like... It, 
Yeah, that's we literally think what she is. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. I, I, yeah. I, as that's why I put the air quotes oh, the around quote, it. the quotes because it's like, like okay, she I may, thought you were... she may perceive herself as being a bad person or us as audience may perceive her as being a bad person. But at the end of the day, she literally isn't the worst person in the world. Far from it. She is a perfectly normal human being, just a complicated one. Um, Right. And I thought they were like going, because I got that. It's more that I thought they were going for with the title that like the people around her feel like, like she's making them feel like they're the worst person in the world by how like her interactions make them feel like a little bit like, I don't know. It's hard. It's tough. And so like, there's there's more nuance of of that being beyond where it's like yes when we see the tile we see her we see her do these things sure like no is she like the worst person in the world whatever blah, blah blah but like it's not really that obviously she is the worst person and then they have the line where he says i feel like i'm the worst person in the world and it's the people around her feel that way like they are being i, I think it's because. meant to be a reflection that we all kind of see ourselves right. as like the worst person in the world at times i know? don't i'm like, sick as hell which yeah. you know like it's congratulations <laughs> on being in mentally very good shape alex <laughs> you know, not all of us have gotten that's there. actually great though no like let's take note and like that's a, I, i'm really happy that you're happy oh, like that's awesome no yeah, i just i don't that. know for me it didn't i don't know a lot of things in this movie i think just like i don't know if it went over my head if I just like didn't vibe with it for whatever reason, I talked about it last time, but yeah, I don't know. Which is totally fair. I guess I understand not liking it. You're certainly allowed to. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I really appreciated this movie. I thought it was yeah. really well acted, really well written, um, well directed. Obviously nine days on the other side of this matchup, I think is a beautifully acted movie, a fantastically directed for a directorial debut. It's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of good there. Something that I think is an interesting point of conversation, imagining Julie, her soul before she I was going to, I literally yes. was going to, I was going to talk about this. You know, That's awesome, why yeah. do we think she got picked? I think there, there's like a, a spark of, uh, like this person, it, it, it's, you know, in the beginning where she's like fighting, trying to do different things, do all these, whatever, blah, blah, blah. doesn't really know. I think it was really her indecision, but also like doing the life stuff. Well, okay. I think that it's that if she was a soul, she's not actually making decisions, right? She's seeing a lot of things. And I think the reason she would get picked is because she was excited about everything she saw and like wanted to do everything because that's her character, right? She like is living her life, sees something new and thinks, oh, that would be better and goes and does that. Mm -hmm. So I think like that is what what her soul would have yeah sense of i, I wonder, think the sense of like wonder the person who everything. interviewed her yeah it's like it's like the zazzy beats character it's like it's like her where it's like there's so much wonder and beauty about the world but it's also for at least for julie it's a little bit more like oh i'm i'm willing to pivot and i'm gonna pivot hard and i don't really like i'm gonna not care about the other thing i i also anymore. think that like in the liminal space that is the before existence selection realm like obviously we get to see julie as a person having being confronted with like difficult choices and at times being indecisive about them. I think in her head, she would totally be able to think like, Oh, this is totally what I would do. Yeah. Without the knowledge of what it's actually like being confronted Mm, with them. And I think that's part of what's demonstrated in worst person in the world is she is like, you know, I totally don't want kids. I don't want kids. I don't want kids. But then when it actually ends up in that spot, it's like, Oh shit. Like, 
there is a lot more that goes into making this choice than I previously gave it credit. Mm-hmm. So thank the world for solving that one for me, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about, because the reason why I love Nine Days so much is because and these two films cater to each other. Like, would Will like past like Julie and like Will's like kind of seeing someone be like the worst or like living the way they live. I don't know. Would, would they view her life as like a quote unquote success or like whatever like they're doing? Would it feel like it's, I think you know, like it just feels like Will interacting with Julie's character is like yeah. something really interesting to me. Like I really I, like, I think, think Will would have a tough time picking Julie. I think he would have picked Askel. Yeah. As mm. a soul. For mm. sure. I think that there, Yeah. Obviously, I think that, you know, towards the later end of his life, he obviously finds some sharper edges. But I think that, like, mm-hmm. there is this, you know, the care and talent deep down inside Askel as a person is something that will clearly for a really long time as he was picking candidates. That was something he valued really highly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Something I want to talk about, and we touched on both of the endings of these two movies last week. Uh, week. Mm-hmm. Do you very clearly we talked about how nine days I think is meant to be like triumphant, right? Do we think that how do we think that worst person in the world's ending compares to that? Because I think it can be read in a way that is triumphant because she is doing something has found something and you see like the things around her, even though obviously it ends on a downswing of like these horrible things happening to her. How right. do we, how do we read it? It is interesting because they both end kind of on a downswing of like bad things happen. Like it, yes, the ending of nine days is like kind of a triumphant thing, but I think it's like more sad and tragic where it's like, he said he would only do that. And to do that would, he would feel alive again. So like the only way he could feel alive was at the moment of her, like, quote unquote death uh, you know the death of her like existence self right. and like that's it's really sad and really upsetting and in worst person in the world like i, I mentioned how I-, I didn't fully like connect and like i wish the ending would have been better but i think it's because like of that downswing i, I think it just didn't connect with I- it just felt like a the life goes on route which is beautiful and that is life and that like makes total sense for julie like i think the movie makes sense and it, it is well written in that sense but as a viewer, I want I wanted something else. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck that is. There is this little bit of like viewer, not like blue balling is like the wrong term. I don't know what the right like. No, yeah. like, you, you know, everything kind of all comes crashing down. And then we get this like little bounce to, you know, time skip later. And it's like one COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and two, it's just like she's at least found a career and she might not be with anyone, but it, it there is, right. I think that there's this like hopeful perspective that it has, which mm-hmm. I think that is where I see t- both of these endings. Um, just to elaborate on where I see that in nine days is obviously Emma ceases to exist and they give this big monologue, the, you know, triumphant ending. But I, you know, the, the hopeful bit is how it reflects and potentially changes will. You know, Mm -hmm. because clearly she has imparted something significant on him that will color his choices going forward, because the movie, I think, spends a lot of time on the fact that Will is just like he is a human. He he is flawed. Mm. He is the worst person in the world in his own right, Mm. you know, and will make bad decisions at times or make decisions that are colored by his own experience. And Emma has like imparted some of herself onto him in the permanent reminder of what she represented. And I think like that is like a an up tilt on what is an otherwise 
extraordinarily sad ending for the like Emma is, I think, undoubtedly one of the most endearing characters in the cast. Amazing. Um, Sassy Beats is amazing. In it, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be people cheering that Kane is the one that gets to. Well, that's another thing that her, I wanted you know? to interject if I can. Like, it, it's when we were talking about how, like, oh, like, Julie also doesn't get in the worst person. Like, we, we can't really, like, feel good or cheer about it. But also, in nine days, we don't get the person. I, I feel like, it, I'm speaking for myself, that I would want to be picked get picked like ultimately the end and they tease it too and like you know obviously Kang gets picked and it is beautifully like yes that was probably the right choice for this movie but uh it's still sad because it's like also viewership blue balling of like uh, we went through this whole, we went through this process we're rooting yeah. for different people we're like and we're like oh my god and still the person who did the other things and like did questionable things or whatever and I think that's why the scene uh of I think it's so brilliant that they brought them together so we could see them interact. I thought that was like a yeah. brilliant way to empathize of like these two characters and like watch them. But yeah, it it, it is. I don't know. Now I'm like questioning myself because like I still get blue balled in nine days, but I like it better in it than I do in worst I mean, person. Just didn't reason. like worst person's ending generally, which is fair. Yeah, like you're allowed. Yeah, to. well, it's just because I'm left with something, but I'm left with something there too. So I'm just like I'm trying it, to figure out why. With, what I think is so interesting is that both of these movies do this thing where something like bad happens to the characters, and it changes the perspective of someone else. Where like in Nine Days, obviously it's Winston Duke real like feeling alive again realizing coming to terms with the way that he is making decisions and like fully accepting responsibility of like what is going on you know mm-hmm. versus i think in worst person in the world we see i can't think of the the second boyfriend's name but alvin yeah she sees alvin. him outside the window with a woman and a child and mm-hmm. i i i interpreted that as he was changed by the miscarriage and felt mm-hmm. like realized mm-hmm. that he wanted to have children. And cool. so I think it, it's just fascinating to see the way that these movies go about discussing how people change and the way that their feelings and emotions change. I don't know. I think that I like the way it's done in nine days, I think more because the change happens to a character who we really like see his emotional journey throughout. We don't see that as much mm-hmm. with elvind or whatever because he's not the main character of the movie sure but i don't know it's really fascinating the way worst person in the world does it as well i think to speak a little bit to the credit of how that particular element is portrayed in worst person in the world is i think that they're the the movie in a lot of ways i think strives to have like realistic emotional touch points and like in the way that the dialogue is written and a lot of these other pieces um I think that is a like a very real response to the events that he would have been faced with to his relationship with Julie would be to sort of reevaluate his own life. Definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is some appreciation that like our lives become a tangled web of connections with everyone we know. And, you know, I do think there is some of this element of like life goes on um, sort of thing. And And I just think like, what, how they choose to portray Elvin's change there is very in line with how the movie has like stylistically operated. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, I and I, you know, I think that consistency is something that I really appreciate seeing, which is not yeah. to say that I think that Will's change in nine days isn't well done um, mm-hmm. because seeing, you know, him come from like the cold and 
a trying to be really, you know, well, objective it's wild. about the process. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like that change to like opening up a little bit more again is really well portrayed. I think too, this, this is something I just thought of. See, yeah. This is something I just thought of when you were uh, explaining it was like how Will's demeanor is mirrored by like the house and the setting because in the like beginning of the movie, it's always at night. It's like dark the whole time. It's inside the house for the most part. And then at the end of the movie, he like comes out into the sun. Oh, it's real good guys. I think, um, and I also like Will's change. It's super interesting to me. And that's why it's like stylistically. I really love the opening. Uh, I love the opening of both these movies actually, but the opening of nine days, we see Will as warm and like also appreciating beauty in the beginning like he he is it's only until you know the heartbreaking realization and like the sweep under the rug that amanda died and then he's like all of a sudden what the fuck happened he's cold he's like whatever like i still think there's like a warmness at least in the beginning we see the potential of him like appreciating life like we see it because he loves it's like clear the affection that he loves this person or there's some kind of connection and then it gets unfolded and then we see it like immediately he's cold and then we work back up. To well, it. I mean, by the time they have when they have that very first set of interviews, he is exclusively conducts himself like in a really cold and analytical manner. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, before I, I think, he knew that um, yeah. Amanda killed herself. Like, no, I, I say you know, when so, like, she I'm died, not sure it's I fully... before that. It's just the oh, opening, okay, I feel like. Okay. Yeah, just the opening, we that see a glimpse of that piece. he... Yeah, I think, like, they do a yeah. good job of, like, showing that he can appreciate... Like, it's showing he literally I mean, appreciates I, his life and, like, in a way. Well, I think, I think too, he's, like, so... I think, sorry, too, her yeah. death is, like... He all because all the other people he has are like going through something very difficult at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Like there's the kid being bullied, the one in the wheelchair. And so I think he like part of why he holds Amanda up partially it's her talent and her success. But I think also it's that like she has had a good life like she hasn't struggled. And that's why it's so devastating to him when he one when she dies because then it's like oh everyone no matter what i do every single person is going to have a hard life and then to find out that she killed herself it is like this double blow because he thought that she was a success i think there's also this piece that will specifically sees a lot of sees some of himself in amanda like Mm -hmm. she is the same gentle soul that he perceives himself to be which is why it's additionally so painful to see someone that you can put yourself in your own shoes and also I think relates to like, it's not explicitly mentioned in the movie, but I feel like it's very possible. Will had also killed himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we talked about. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how I read it. I, so I, really I thought, you know, I think yeah. that that's like an additional piece of why this particular one is so hard on him. Um, especially once that re- the realization that she, she committed suicide, like mm-hmm. is a thing, but that's a, a really, really cool point in the framing. I feel like it's a movie I want to watch again. Um, no, I, watching it a second time, I was really scared just because like I, I held it to such a high standard to myself when I watched it. It really meant so much to me. But watching it again was it was really it was really satisfying and really good. Nice. Um, two things that I want to like mention and praise about these movies before going in and like trying to decide what to do. Um, one thing that was really interesting you were talking about before. Uh, I think it's really interesting that both of these uh, that we have and as a matchup where we're lucky are like these in a weird way, like life, life goes on movies. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think like their, their, their conclusions that they reach, even though Emma did not get a life, but life does go on. Kane will have a life. Will will continue to do what he does. And Julie has like, it, it, like, 
these movies are both about life and that life goes on and what conclusions we make about, okay, how do we live and like what that means to continue living and like keep going. I just, I just think it's beautiful that they're similar in that vein. Uh, and I just thought it was a cool comparison to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like a yeah. it's a super cool matchup. And I wish we could we could talk more because I have lots more thoughts about both of these movies. However, we should vote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should. I also just I love the writing in both of these. Like, it's really like they're the two that I wrote the most like just lines, you know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. it's good. I <sighs> if we're ready, I can start us off. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I will be voting for nine days. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Thank you. <laughs> Indubitably. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Chef. <laughs> Thank you, yes, chef. chef. Yes, Chef. Um, do you want to go next, Matthew? I feel like I'm no, really go in for the middle camp here. Go for it. All you. Um, Off the record, it's tough because that could mean that Matt is also voting for uh, nine days, but it also could be brain games to get you to vote for worst person in the world so worst person in the world can move on. <laughs> He's why, playing mind games. Why would games. I ever play games with this? <laughs> I respect the sanctity of this show. Philosophical consistency has right. been my name from episode one. <laughs> right. I mean, I just, I, I do like both these, but at the end of the day, there's still a big piece missing for me, the worst person in the world, so I'm voting for nine days. Yeah. Um, that leaves just me. I am also voting for nine days. Um, hey. I love Worst Person in the World. I think it's a fantastic movie that people should watch. However, I think nine days as a complete package is just like a superior film. Um, mm. But, I, you know. I, I think yeah. there is still a lot of, of beauty and a lot to get out of Worst Person in the World. I, I think a lot of people like would really benefit from watching like that movie. Like I think it's a very good movie to watch for certain people. Yeah. So yeah. if you're feeling a certain way, watch that movie, man. <laughs> for sure. If you're about to turn 30, watch that movie, I guess. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's what it's all about. Um, with that, Nine Days Advances. So we've got a Jake versus Jake finale with Mitchells versus the Machines versus Malignant. Um, <laughs> versus nine days, um, which should be really, really fun. But as you guys, I'm sure have have learned who listen to this show, uh, we'll also have honorable mentions. Oh shit! So if there's anything you think that. we missed, mm-hmm. um, let us know on social media at Tough Cut Pod. Yeah, it could be anything and everything of the last year: documentary, like animated, like literally. Throw us, throw us your favorite. Shit. If you made a YouTube, Even, I'll talk poop. about yeah. Um, a like particularly yeah, well, good Twitch. What's stream. up, YouTubers? <laughs> we're gonna go talk about our poops today. Uh, com- we're comparing poop. Poop stream. Uh, yeah, even if you're just gonna tell us the movies that actually won in the Oscars, we'll still take your your itsy bitsy. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it. To heart. Um, beyond that, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with someone that has a tiny face on the back of their head, like. I don't know. <laughs> share share with someone whose face number. you want to touch. Mm, touch yeah. And then touch their face. Touch, touch, touch some friends' faces. Both of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you enjoy the show, remember to comment, review on all your po- favorite podcasting platforms. Um, we need some more reviews, dude. I've been told they help by the internet. Um, yet again, the funniest thing to happen in this show is some dumb shit. Uh, Jake is <laughs> slurping a fingy. Um, he's just like, this isn't video content. He's just so sliding it, it in and out of his lips. <laughs> it like, I, I, I think I have an oral fixation. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a hot and- dog size finger. He's really <laughs> slobbering on it. He's going, I think he could fit that whole thing in his mouth. Ooh.